First point, children who are groomed to behave codependently are also groomed to place the needs and desires of everyone before their own for the duration of his or her life. Due to the programming that has been downloaded into the subconscious mind of children who may be groomed by narcissistic parents, well into adulthood, he or she will play out this program until he or she chooses to interrupt it. Children who grow up within a dysfunctional family find out very early that many of his or her family members are not emotionally safe. A support base outside the dysfunctional family very often is proving to be a game changer for him or her. Next point. Unfortunately, those who continue to invest in a dysfunctional family and unhealthy relationships are not emotionally, psychologically, or spiritually equipped to support those family members who are choosing to heal and thrive forward. Those who break the dysfunctional family cycle are viewed with a certain stigma by those who choose to behave dysfunctionally. Okay, so they've gone no contact. This is going to be a very tough time for him or her. The support base at this time will be crucial because psychologically, emotionally, spiritually, yes, they're going to be very challenged because the dysfunctional family will not support him or her. So this is a time where he or she may feel alienated. They also may feel some loneliness. There may be some doubts about or he or she may question going forward or thriving forward and going no contact. It's very natural that this is going to occur because a person who chooses to leave an unhealthy relationship, whether it's a dysfunctional family or a marriage or whatever the case may be, he or she is having to make an adjustment. Going it alone is not going to cut it. So there's a certain stigma that goes with, you know, having been in a unhealthy relationship in the aftermath of it, such as being traumatized. This is the aftermath of being in an unhealthy relationship, especially with those who have a cluster personality or a narcissistic personality. Those individuals who go no contact, they're traumatized more than likely, especially if you're talking about going back to their childhood. Unfortunately, there's a certain stigma, such as being traumatized such as ending up having uh, been affected to the point where there's a mental illness or an emotional illness or neurosis, psychosis, and all these things that we know can occur after having an unhealthy relationship with a narcissist or cluster personality and also from leaving a dysfunctional family with their with, where there is a narcissist or a cluster personality in the family. Let's move forward. Emotional safety begins with every individual. Trust takes time in every relationship. However, the dysfunctional and unhealthy relationship with the narcissist and or cluster personality will not result in trustworthiness or emotional safety. Taking the risk to express emotions is just that, a risk by allowing vulnerability to show Risking rejection is just too scary for most people in general. Yeah, I can, I can second that. <laughs> people may feel like or think that going no contact starts within the heart. It's, you know, because of certain emotions that he or she may be feeling. Okay, that's part of it. Very often, though, it begins in the mind. 
because the subconscious mind programming has to change or it has to begin to change before a person actually decides to go no contact. Otherwise, he or she is going to go low contact. Very often, many of us gradually go into no contact. Don't beat yourself up. It's a gradual process because we have been accustomed to behave a particular way. Narcissistic parents who are energy vampires, they seek to keep things the same. They don't want to lose supply. So the main objective for him or her or them is to make sure their adult child continues to behave codependently. What I'm about to say may feel or seem a little bit harsh to some of you. That's not my intention. Energy vampires, they often drink the tears and eat the flesh and hijack the consciousness of their targeted prey. It doesn't matter if they are narcissistic parents or not. Regardless of what form that energy vampire comes in, this is usually the case. Energy vampires thrive on chaos, drama, fear, unpleasant emotions, sadness, okay? So very often energy vampires will seek to make sure that the environment is filled with such tension. They have to survive and they will do what it takes to continue to get their supply so they can continue to survive at other people's expense. They look at the world and wonder, how can they be like that? In other words, those of us who are able to bond with other people, those of us who have the capacity to love and nourish. Cluster personality types, even though they may be narcissistic parents who are energy vampires, they see us at the disadvantage and they see themselves at the advantage. Cluster personality types who are energy vampires, yeah, they will drink the tears and eat the flesh and hijack the consciousness, but guess what? They will never change that. They would not trade being that way for anything in the world. Very often, they know and they understand their natures. So they would never trade places with you or I, or anyone for that matter. Cluster personality types would never trade places with anyone who has a heart, with anyone who has the capacity to love, with anyone who shows themselves to operate from a higher vibrational frequency. Cluster personality types, again, they will never trade places, but they will exploit people who have the capacity to love. Cluster personality types who are energy vampires, whether you are speaking of the borderline, the histrionic, the antisocial, to the narcissistic, all of them have something in common. And that is they tend to know and understand their own natures and they would not have it any other way. They would never trade places with anyone else on the planet who has the capacity to operate from a higher vibrational frequency. And this is because they do not get the narcissistic supply by operating from a higher vibrational frequency. This is another reason why they tend to be energy vampires. They have their own energy. They just don't know how to use it. They don't know how to emotionally regulate. Another way of looking at our emotions is to look at it and this is how we, this is how our energy is in motion, okay? We have an energetic field, every last one of us do. So when we express emotions, yeah, our energy is in motion. The energy vampire is there to suck it dry, is there to extract. So the energy vampire, in order to survive and thrive, they have to extract from the energy field. 
okay? This is how they are full. This is how they're able to have enough energy to move on and get other supply. So when highly intuitive empaths grow up within a dysfunctional family headed by narcissistic parents, they often feel alienated. They often don't have the support from other family. Highly intuitive empathic family members tend to be the ones who are able to walk into a room and feel the energy of their, uh, not only their narcissistic parents, but other family members. They're able to be, they're the ones in their families who are able to, um, I guess, settle karmic debt. Now, this is where the transgenerational and intergenerational trauma may come in. Intergenerational and transgenerational trauma is when grandparents and parents have maybe suffered some sort of trauma or unpleasant uh, event in life. And the stress from that or the trauma from that is passed on to the offspring. Highly intuitive, empathic family members are often the children who are scapegoated or they're deemed to be the identified patient within their families. So the highly intuitive, empathic person is often the one that can feel the, the emotions and the energies of other people. When they are sad, we tend to be sad. You know, we, we feel very deeply. We bond very deeply. We love pretty deeply. The thing of it is, if we're raised by narcissistic parents, our gifts are not being embraced. Highly intuitive, empathic family members within a dysfunctional family headed by a narcissist often shows to be the, the most magnetic, the strongest link in the family. Energy vampires who are narcissistic parents, unfortunately, one of the reasons why they do not nourish this in their children is because they're busy extracting from the children, okay? This, just think about an energy vampire and them, you know, inserting their tentacles and extracting. This is what's happening. Now, I know we don't like to think about some of our parents doing this to their own children, but we are talking about narcissistic parents here. Energy vampires continue to function no matter what form it comes in. It can be a person, place, thing. Energy vampires will take, okay? They do not fill your cup. They empty your cup. Empathic individuals can come up with a formula to shield themselves even when they're right in the middle of darkness, which, is, which could be the dysfunctional family headed by narcissists. Now, I know that sounds grim, but the person who is in a dark room who illuminates from within, okay, they're the strongest person in the room. Okay, They're the ones that are able to transmute darkness into something better. Those are the individuals. The empathic person is the individual that often, like a master alchemist, transmutes darkness. This is often what's going on when a child is highly intuitive, empathic, and they're being raised by narcissistic parents who are also energy vampires. That child grows up into an adult and they learn how to become a person who is able to clear the toxicity out of any environment that they may enter. Very often they learn this. They're in school when they're growing up within a dysfunctional family headed by narcissists who are also energy vampires. So the tension in the environment, I mean, it's no wonder there's a lot of tension. You have a person who is highly empathic which is, again, often the child who is tagged as scapegoat or the IV patient. They are 
again, operating as a person who is clearing the air. They're clearing the toxicity. You may have some family members who are alcoholics. You may have some of them who are drug users. The tension in the environment is there because you have someone who's operating from a higher vibrational frequency in the room with those who are choosing to operate from a lower vibrational frequency. The lower vibrational frequency are the narcissistic parents who are energy vampires. The higher vibrational frequency is the child who is often pegged as scapegoat, yet they are empathic. So they have a gift. These children, as they grow up, they learn how to maintain their inner strength. They learn how to continue to be the lightest person in the room or the one who continues to illuminate from within like a luminous star. These empathic children who are raised by narcissistic parents, they find the inner strength because they're learning. They're learning how to grow into adults who master their gift. They maintain their capacity to love. They maintain their capacity to nourish. They maintain that desire to connect deeply with other people. So there's going to be a lot of tension within that environment. Very often, empathic children who are raised by narcissistic parents, yeah, it looks pretty grim. It looks pretty dark for a while. But once again, they are in school. They are maintaining their capacity to love. They're maintaining their capacity to be a master alchemist, an empath who knows how to clear the room of toxic energy, of darkness. They're transmuting darkness. Energy vampires must maintain that sense of superiority, and they use the gaslight technique to have other people believe the same thing. Unfortunately, children can be impressionable, and they will believe that lie. That is, that they're always going to be inferior. Even if they grow to be 50 years old or 60 years old, when it comes to their narcissistic parents, they will still feel inferior. And they will totally not Unfortunately, see. those adult children will not see how them being empathic is a gift. The adult child of narcissistic parents can maintain their inner strength simply by having some conviction about having a gift as being an empath. In other words, don't apologize for it. Embrace your gift and say, yes, this is my gift. If you don't like it, too bad. And that's not to be disrespectful at all. That's having some conviction about operating as an empath, a person who recognizes that they have a gift and they, and they do what they do, okay? This is your work. This may be your calling. This may be your purpose in life. Don't apologize for that. Tool number one, take constructive steps to find out what is it going to take for you to continue to thrive forward. You are a person that must maintain your own energy. It's okay to connect with others, but you got to leave a little for yourself too. So mind your energy field. Practice mindfulness. This is going to help you maintain your sense of self as you continue to thrive forward as a highly intuitive empath who is embracing their gifts. Energy vampires are looking out for themselves. It may be time for you to practice self-preservation. This way you maintain your own energy in order to continue to operate as a person who is a highly intuitive empath and be able to do what you do, but you do it very well. Tool number two, remember that your life has purpose. Embrace your gift. You may be a highly intuitive empath. Embrace that. 
Know what you're here for. Leave a legacy behind, which would inspire other people to continue to thrive forward. You're already doing that. Some of you don't even realize you're doing that already. As a highly intuitive empath, did you know that you're able to transmute dark and toxic energy out of any environment that you walk into? As a highly intuitive empath, yeah, own that, embrace that. Continue to do that, be proud of it, don't apologize. Have a little bit of conviction about yours, own it. Tool number three, release and transform toxic energy like a master alchemist. By internalizing the crazy making coming from the narcissistic parents or maybe anyone else in your family who has a cluster personality type and also serves as an energy vampire, okay, this leaves you feeling drained. You're left feeling spent. It has you going down into the sunken place of despondency. Don't try to internalize and make sense of the crazy making. Crazy making is not supposed to make sense. So discontinue trying to make sense of it and internalizing all of that toxicity because it's only going to make you feel worse. So this means you're going to be distracted from functioning as a person who has the gift of being a highly intuitive empath. Just trying to figure out the crazy making is a sign of internalizing the toxicity, which is going to keep you off your square. Narcissistic parents who are energy vampires, they often want to continue to emotionally manipulate you and playing a dysfunctional role, which is a scapegoat, but you're parenting your parents as well. You have a dual dysfunctional role, scapegoat or IP patient, and a person who is parenting the narcissistic parents. I certainly hope everyone has enjoyed this video. Stay tuned for more vlogs and stay tuned for more videos. Hello stars, this is Luminous Star. Welcome to another vlog day. I certainly hope you are doing well wherever you are. On that note, my stars, you already know how special you are to me. Mwah. Thank you guys and gals so much for your subscription. And I want to also thank you for motivating me as well as keeping me passionate about keeping Luminous Star channel active. Special shout out to my stars who are sharing their stories. You know, you never know who's going to resonate with your stories. So, as you share your experiences, you never know who's going to resonate with your story. So you're inspiring other people as well as motivating them to continue to thrive forward. There are some who have uh, childhood trauma and it's a little bit deeper. You know, the trust issue just is a little bit deeper because the narcissist or cluster personality or the parent who was mistreating that person, right? What has happened is that during the grooming process, 
that person has been taught to think and feel a particular way, to perceive a particular way, not only themselves, but other people. They have been groomed to fear healthy relationships. So anyone who is trustworthy, anyone who has proven to be trustworthy, and what could be talking about five years or more, right? And this person has been consistent with being uh, trustworthy. However, the person who has a background with childhood trauma and they may have narcissistic parents, well, again, the trust issue goes a lot deeper. So even when people have proven to be trustworthy, it's still going to be extra, extra challenging to trust. So even when they go to a counselor or a therapist, then one of the main issues is going to be that trust. Another thing that happens is that this person, you know, they may have a memory of uh, not being able to trust his or her parents who may have uh, cluster personalities or narcissistic personalities. So now as an adult, this person is going to his or her counselor. They're not going to be able to knock down that wall very easily. Not saying this is impossible. It's just going to be a little, just a little bit challenging because that person who's, who's uh, dealing with the counselor or the mentor or the life coach or even a clergyman, you know, somebody or clergywoman, right? Someone that you would think that they would trust, especially after maybe a few years of having that relationship established. No, it's going to still be tough because that person in the back of his or her mind or in their subconscious mind, they still remember not being able to trust mom or dad who has a close to your personality. That's still going to be there even 30 years later, maybe even 40 years later or more. A lot of narcissistic parents they groom their children to behave and think a particular way. So therefore, certain emotions are going to be experienced, such as anger, maybe even uh, sadness, right? And then that person, is, that child, as they grow, they're probably going to move into a state of depression and a state of anxiety. Anyway, what happens is that due to the grooming process, the narcissist and a personality parent has taught their child to fear people and don't trust people who are not the narcissistic parents. This is where it gets a little twisted. The narcissistic parents, they're doing a lot of things and they're saying a lot of things that proves that they're not trustworthy. The child internalizes that. In the subconscious mind of the child, somehow they, they know not to trust mom and dad, but they want to trust mom and dad because that's mom and dad. There's a connection. There's a strong connection, maybe even trauma bonding. So when that child grows up into an adult and they go see a counselor, a mentor, or a life coach, someone who proves to be trustworthy, that particular programming in the subconscious mind that says mommy and daddy is not to be trusted, but I want to trust them, that same signal is going to, or that same alert or that same triggering is going to happen. That same message in the subconscious mind will be alerted. So therefore, the person who goes to a counselor who has childhood trauma, who has narcissistic parents, anyone in their personal life who proves to be trustworthy, who proves to themselves to be able to have a healthy relationship with him or her, right? They're going to be pushed away. I know it's kind of twisted how that happens, but it usually happens. Not all the time, but a lot of the time it happens because we gravitate towards what's familiar. 
Look in the description box below for self-regulatory processing and also cognitive processing therapy. All right, so this has a lot to do with what I'm talking about here. You know, when the narcissistic parent or the close to be personality parent grooms their child to not trust anyone, even if they're trustworthy. The narcissist wants that child or those children all to themselves for the narcissistic supply. So anybody, when that child grows up, they're going to see a lot of other people as a threat, even though those people are not a threat. They may be able to have a healthy relationship with that person, right? But the narcissist has taught their own children to not trust anyone other than them, okay? Which is kind of, you know, again, it's a little bit twisted because the narcissist and closely personality parents, they're showing that they're not trustworthy. Yet the children, due to a strong connection or trauma bonding, they know it's not best to trust mommy and daddy. Okay, because of all of the shenanigans, all of the tactics for narcissistic supply that he or she has suffered as a child. On the other hand, due to the strong bond or to the tight pull that they have for their parents, right? Which is natural. Parent-child relationships are natural. Unfortunately, narcissistic parents, they kind of murk it up. Okay, they, they, they ruin the childhood. They ruin the child and parent relationship. So on one hand, the child, they want to trust the parents. They want to trust other so people. So on one hand, the child, again, they're being groomed and taught to trust somebody like the narcissist who is not trustworthy. Okay? And at the same time, the programming is you should trust mommy and daddy. Right? So the, again, the thought is you should trust the mentor. You should trust the life coach. You should trust the therapist. I hope that's starting to make sense. Because that same particular programming that's in the subconscious mind doesn't leave that child. So when they become a, an adult child of the narcissist, right? Now they're adults, right? That particular programming, it doesn't leave. Matter of fact, it often becomes, it often gets triggered. So whenever, this is also why a lot of us continue to invest in dysfunctional relationship, no matter how hard we try not to, because it's familiar to us. If epigenetics has occurred within the parents and or grandparents due to behavior associated with trauma, the gene expression of the scapegoated child or children can also be modified as a result. It is possible that some children who are considered as the identified patient or IP have inherited molecular memories of narcissistic grandparents and or grand pardon me, grandparents and or parents, which can be found within the epigenome. Please check out the description box below for further reading on this particular point. Next point. When one factors in the components of epigenetics, transgenerational and intergenerational trauma, it might become more apparent as to why some adult children of narcissistic parents and or grandparents continue to experience emotional, mental, psychological, spiritual, and physical adverse effects of narcissistic abuse, even after the dysfunctional relationship has ended. You know, there are a few videos 
um, I have done about NPD parents and grandparents. And I really wanted to come to you and talk to you about that today. And I certainly hope you are doing well and um, taking care of yourself and your loved ones. Okay, look out for each other, especially in this 2020, right? <laughs> it's been very interesting so far. But I wanted to talk to you about how some of our mothers who have custody personality types, okay? Now, in my case, my mother, I come to understand and understand that she did what she could. She did what she knew, or she did what she thought was best. Some of us, and I don't mean to make it sound like I'm jumping around, some of us have mothers who show signs of having been traumatized. And this can do for this can be due to many reasons, such as being raped, uh, being molested as children, uh, and being violated in other ways, shapes, and forms. 